This is Plant-Based Briefing, Reductionism, a Topic Summary, and Reductionism and the Deficiency Mentality by Dr. Michael Greger at NutritionFacts.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, host of this plant-based podcast where I curate and narrate articles with permission on a variety of topics related to plant-based and vegan living. Today's is from NutritionFacts.org, one of the go-to places for nutrition information, because what they do is they summarize the latest health and nutrition information that's written in English, and they point out where biases lie, where conflicts of interest lie, and help just make it easy to understand for lay people. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Reductionism, a topic summary, and Reductionism and the Deficiency Mentality by Dr. Michael Greger at NutritionFacts.org. Reductionism, a topic summary. Nutritional reductionism refers to a focus on individual food compounds, for example, protein, vitamins, antioxidants, as opposed to a holistic approach that focuses on food habits and the relationship between diet and health. Reductionism is common in nutritional research and also in food and supplement production and marketing. Deficiency mentality. A deficiency mentality related to disease, i.e. that a disease is caused by a lack of a particular compound, supports a reductionist philosophy. Diseases such as scurvy have been treated successfully with vitamin extracts. Thus, scientists and doctors are trained to find the quote-unquote magic bullet to cure a disease, an approach that is not successful in treating modern chronic diseases. Supplement industry. Another motivation for reductionism in nutrition research is that there are billions of dollars to be made in the supplement industry. At least 5,000 phytonutrients in plants have been discovered so far, linked to the possibility of decreasing risk of major chronic diseases. The supplement industry can make money selling individual compounds. Whole foods do not offer the same profit potential. Food synergy. Studies show that eating a variety of whole plant foods increases the positive nutritional benefits above the sum of the individual plant components. Pills cannot mimic the effects of plant food nutrient synergies. Further, components in plant foods extracted out individually may lose their bioavailability or behave differently than when naturally contained in the plants. Problems with the reductionist approach There are many examples showing the failure of the reductionist approach in nutritional research, including... 1. In over 100 studies led by T. Colin Campbell, the synergistic anti-cancer and antioxidant effects of fruits, vegetables, and beans consumed together are not duplicated with the consumption of isolated pill extracts from the same foods. 2. Fiber extracts do not provide the same heart disease prevention benefits of fiber-containing plant foods. 3. Vitamin C pills have not been shown to be effective against stroke, but citrus fruits have. 4. Beta-carotene extracts have been shown to worsen, not improve, lung cancer, while beta-carotene-containing plant foods have been shown to be protective. 5. Curcumin extracted from the spice turmeric is not as effective an anti-cancer and anti-inflammation agent as the whole spice. 6. Broccoli sprouts have been effective targeting cancer stem cells, while broccoli sprouts extract has not. 7. Resistant starch extracts and enriched foods have not shown the same anti-choline cancer properties as whole resistant starch-containing plant foods. And 8. Vitamin E pills are not effective against asthma, but plant foods containing vitamin E may be. Reductionism and the Deficiency Mentality How the food, drug, and supplement industries have taken advantage of the field of nutrition's reductionist mindset. 
Research in human nutrition over the past 40 years has led to numerous discoveries and to a comprehensive understanding of the exact mechanisms behind how food nutrients affect our bodies. However, the epidemics of diet-related chronic diseases, obesity, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, heart disease, stroke, and cancers dramatically increase worldwide year after year. Why hasn't all this intricate knowledge translated into improvements in public health? Maybe it has to do with our entire philosophy of nutrition, called reductionism, where everything is broken down into its constituent parts, where food is reduced to a collective of single compounds with single effects. The reductionist approach has traditionally been, and continues today as, the dominant approach in nutrition research. For example, did you know that, mechanistically, there's a chemical in ginger root that downregulates forbomyristate acetate-induced phosphorylation of ERK12 and JNK-MAP kinases? That's actually pretty cool, but not while millions of people continue to die of diet-related disease. We already know that three-quarters of chronic disease risk, diabetes, heart attacks, stroke, or cancer, can be eliminated if everyone follows four simple practices, not smoking, not being obese, half an hour of exercise a day, and eating a healthier diet defined as more fruits, veggies, and whole grains, and less meat. Think what that would mean in terms of the human costs. We already know enough to save millions of lives, so shouldn't our efforts be spent implementing these changes before another dollar is spent figuring out whether there is some grape skin extract that can lower cholesterol in zebra fishes, or even whole foods for that matter? Why spend taxpayer dollars clogging the arteries of striped minnows by feeding them a high-cholesterol diet to see if hawthorn leaves and flowers have the potential to help? Even if they did, and even if it worked in people too, wouldn't it be better to just not clog your arteries in the first place? This dramatic drop in risk, this increase in healthy life years through preventive nutrition, need not involve superfoods or herbal extracts or nutritional supplements, just healthier eating— When Hippocrates said something like, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food, he didn't mean that foods are drugs, but rather that the best way to remain in good health is to maintain a healthy diet. Whereas the historical attitude of the field of nutrition may be best summed up by the phrase, eat whatever you want after you've eaten what you should. In other words, eat whatever you want as long as you get your vitamins and minerals, a mindset epitomized by breakfast cereals providing double-digit vitamins and minerals. But the road to health is not paved with Coke plus vitamins and minerals. This reductionist attitude is good for the food industry, but not actually good for human health. Because if food is just good for a few nutrients, then you can get away with selling vitamin-fortified Twinkies. We need to shift from the concept of just getting adequate nutrition to getting optimal nutrition, not just avoiding scurvy, but promoting health and minimizing our risk of developing degenerative diseases. Bringing things down to their molecular components works for drug development, discovering all the vitamins, and curing deficiency diseases, but in the field of nutrition, the reductionist approach is beginning to reach its limits. We discovered all the vitamins more than half a century ago. When's the last time you heard of someone coming down with scurvy, pellagra, or kwashiorkor, the classic deficiency syndromes? What about the diseases of dietary excess, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, hypertension? Ever heard of anyone with any of those? Yet we continue to have this deficiency mindset when it comes to nutrition. When someone tries to reduce their consumption of meat, the first question they get asked is, where are you going to get your protein? Rather than, wait a second, if you start eating like that, where are you going to get your heart disease from? The same deficiency mindset led to the emergence of a multi-billion dollar supplement industry. What about a daily multivitamin just as insurance against nutrition deficiency? 
better insurance would be to just eat healthy food. You just listened to Reductionism, a Topic Summary, and Reductionism and the Deficiency Mentality by Dr. Michael Greger at NutritionFacts.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and this is such an important point. T. Colin Campbell and NutritionStudies.org are always making this point that reductionism is dangerous. There is so much we don't know and don't understand about food synergy that assuming that taking the individual components and plopping them into our bodies is going to do the same thing, and it's just not. T. Colin Campbell also wrote a New York Times bestseller book called Whole, Rethinking the Science of Nutrition, about this very topic. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.